Welcome to the free daily Bible study podcast, a daily journey through the unfolding story of the Bible based on the McShane Bible reading plan. My name is Jacob Gerber, and today's meditation for January 6th comes from Genesis 6. The short, vague description of the Nephilim in Genesis 6 verses 1 through 4 has spawned all kinds of strange interpretations over the years. Are the sons of God fallen angels who took for themselves human wives, creating demigod children? Is this just run-of-the-mill mythological literature, the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek Hercules, who was the offspring of Zeus and a human woman? I don't think so. Instead, I'm convinced by those who hold a much simpler interpretation of this passage. To me, the best explanation of this text is to understand the phrases sons of God and daughters of man, not as references to angels and humans, but as references to the genealogies of Seth and Cain, respectively. The sons of God, then, are the godly descendants of Seth, the son who replaced Abel as Adam and Eve's offspring whom we read about in Genesis 4, verse 25. The lineage of Seth culminates in Noah, the one who would bring relief from the curse of the ground, as is spoken in Genesis 5, verse 29. The daughters of man, then, are the wicked descendants of Cain, a line that culminates in the shocking Lamech who flippantly murders a man who had merely hit him in Genesis 4, verses 23 and 24. There are a few reasons why this interpretation makes the most sense. First, understanding the sons of God as human beings and not as some kind of supernatural creatures helps us to avoid the bizarre idea that angels or other supernatural creatures can somehow procreate with human beings. This is the only passage even remotely suggesting such a thing, so it probably isn't wise to build an entire doctrine of angel reproductive capabilities from this one passage. Second, the context of Genesis chapters 4 and 5 almost demands this interpretation of the Nephilim. In Genesis 5 verse 3, we read that Adam fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The phrases, in his own likeness and after his image, echo God's own creation of Adam. Just compare Genesis 5 verse 1 to Genesis 1 verses 26 through 27. It isn't that God fathered Adam in the same way that Adam fathered Seth, and not in the way the Son of God was begotten. But Genesis 5 is written to describe the sons of God beginning with Adam. All of this comes down to the promise that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden, that the offspring of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. The wickedness is that God had raised up a godly line through Seth, but that Seth's offspring began to mingle with the offspring of Cain, which God had cursed. We aren't very far along at all in salvation history, and already God's people are jeopardizing the coming of the one who would crush the serpent's head. Think through the whole story of the Bible. How many ways can you recall where God overcame the failures of his people to bring salvation into the world through his son, Jesus Christ? 
Thanks for listening to the Free Daily Bible Study Podcast. To receive Free Daily Bible Study by email and to get exclusive Bible study content and offers, sign up at freedailybiblestudy.com slash subscribe.